Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. Today we're going to talk about the noxious weed law. This has really come out in recent years and weed control continues to provide challenges as weeds develop resistance and new weeds are introduced from other areas. In the instances of farm fields being brought before townships for noxious weeds has increased. Maybe you've heard of some in your area. Um, we certainly have in our areas. And it has led to the destruction of some fields mid-season around Ohio, which is a terrifying thought for a lot of farmers. And Palmer Amaranth, I think, was really the one that brought this law to the attention of a lot of people because they were concerned about it and wanted to keep that under control. But lately, from what I've seen, resistant water hemp has taken over as the main reason for this. Um, Elizabeth, I don't know what you've seen in the area, but that's kind of where we're at in Western Ohio and for good reason, really. Yeah, um, we've seen some around here, but not nearly as bad as it is in your part of the state. And hopefully we can keep it that way. You know, Illinois has water hemp with five-way resistance. So if you want more information on water hemp, if you haven't looked into it yet, check out episodes 45 and 46. We interviewed uh, the weed specialist from Illinois along with Dr. Mark Lauchs, and they really get into the nitty gritty. And we want to try to keep that one under wraps as much as possible. Yeah. So to start off with, let's just talk about, you know, what is a noxious weed? Um, Noxious weeds are plants that have been designated by the Ohio Department of Agriculture as prohibited due to their invasiveness, toxicity, or other harmful characteristics. Um, So that's kind of a broad definition. These plants can cause harm to crops and livestock, as well as people or the environment. Yeah, and I think it's interesting to note that they're not always invasive species. A lot of people think have that perception but a lot of them are native species that, like you mentioned, either are have harmful characteristics, but the bottom line is, you know, they're aggressive. So if there's an open area, disturbed soil, they're going to come in and invade that area. Keep that in mind that some of these might surprise you uh, that are on the list. So what are those, Elizabeth, do you have the list there? Yeah, so you can look up the list. It's in the Ohio Revised Code. Um, Currently, the list changes from time to time as they update it as new weeds come in, but currently there are 31 different weeds on that prohibited noxious weed list, and many of those are names you're going to recognize, like shattercane, Johnson grass, Canada thistles, one we're seeing a lot this year, mare's tail, palmer amaranth, and water hemp. But there are others, and they show up in fields and pastures, as well as roadways and ditches. Uh, Amanda, when we look at the weeds on this list, you know, what does it mean when a weed is on this noxious weed list? So it really means that there's laws to help ensure these weeds are managed and to reduce their spread. And that's really what the law comes down to is controlling those weeds before they spread anymore. So it requires uh, counties, townships, municipalities, um, all of these areas, except really the state. And I think that's the one, and you'll see as we get into this a little bit more, the one that's kind of missing from this is state, but um, it requires them to control these weeds. 
So if we look at these different areas, uh, when we talk about our counties and townships and their responsibilities, um, mowing the ditches, a lot of you see that happen throughout the season. And that's not just to kind of make it look nice, I guess. It does have the purpose of controlling these noxious weeds. So they have to mow between June 1st and the 20th, between August 1st and the 20th, and again in September, if necessary, depending on the weeds and what stages they're at. And actually, they're, um, I think, uh, considering changing those dates a little bit, because by June 1, we saw this a lot with poison hemlock this year, it was already gone to seed and dying back by June 1. So with maybe a little bit of warmer weather early on, or for whatever reason, those weeds are kind of moving up their progress. So they may change those dates in the future. You know, additional management beyond those dates is required if the weeds are creating a safety hazard too. So beyond that public property, the same rules apply to toll roads or railroads. Um, for those cases, the management is the responsibility of the superintendent or manager, and they're required to follow that same prescribed management schedule that Amanda just described. And these rules apply even if that toll road or railroad is not currently in operation. Um, they still have to control those weeds and the township trustees can become involved if those proper steps aren't being taken. Yeah, and you'll see the township trustees come up a lot through here, and I don't think they like having that responsibility. A lot of them have limited budgets, um, but that's what the law is. So just keep that in mind if you do have to go through one of these processes. So let's talk a little bit about private property and how it's handled on private lands. First of all, if it's located in a fence row, um, an adjoining landowner can give notice to the neighbor with the weeds to clear that the noxious weeds and brush within four feet of the fence. And if they don't do that within 10 days after being asked to by their neighbor, then the neighbor can notify the trustees. And from there, the trustees will look at it, uh, determine if there's just cause. And if so, they can order the work to be done by the lowest bidder and they will assess the cost of that to the landowner's property taxes. So that's specifically for if the weeds are located within four feet of the fence row. And the rules are slightly different if the weeds are located away from the fence row on a neighboring property. The same thing, if the neighbor is failing to destroy those noxious weeds, the township trustees should be informed with a written notice. Um, that will trigger them taking action. They will then notify that landowner and let them know that they're required to either destroy the weeds or show proof that the destruction of weeds is not necessary. And they have to provide or destroy those weeds within five days. And again, if those weeds aren't destroyed or dealt with, the trustees can then order the work done and it'll be assessed to the property taxes the same as if it were in the fence row. This is where we get into those field situations and where we've had you know, entire crops to be taking out. Of course, if you have um, a field with a lot of noxious weeds, it's probably not going to have a very good yield to begin with. But last year in neighboring county to me, there was a field that was mowed down because of noxious weeds. It definitely, it definitely happens. Yeah, now's a good time to be scouting fields too. I know these weeds, especially you know, when we talk about Palmer and water hemp, their seed production 
is so aggressive that even letting it get away from you one year, if you run the combine through that field, the issue can grow exponentially in a short period of time. Um, So it is important to keep an eye out and get ahead of it as soon as possible. Because of that, there is timing in throughout this revised code. So you've heard us mention 10 days, five days for all of these situations, the law specifies a time frame of when the trustees have to take action, when the clearing must take place from the point of being notified. And a lot of times that's five days, which it's hard to um, take action in five days. But the point is this time of year, those grow so quickly. And if you're seeing them above the soybean canopy, then they're probably about ready to head out. And once that happens, um, seed production goes pretty quickly. If you're in this situation, you know, you might want to make sure that that's known, that that's part of the law. The trustees shouldn't be waiting for their next public meeting. If it's more than five days away, they should call an emergency meeting um, to get things rolling. Yeah, I just got a call uh, last week about a potential Palmer amaranth. Luckily, it was not. It was a different amaranth species that's not on the noxious weed list, but it was already starting to set seeds. So we know that, you know, some of these noxious weeds are probably approaching those same stages now. So it's a good time to be keeping an eye out. So these weeds don't just stay on public or private land um, managed by our, our counties. Um, it's also pretty common to see them on public lands, whether that's state or local. And there's a process in the law for that as well, but this one comes with a catch. Um, It's the same process where the trustees receive the notification of the weeds, and then this time they're going to notify the county extension educator. Within five days, the educator and the land representative need to come up with a plan to address the problem and then share that with the trustees. And so where this catch comes in is that's where the revised code ends, and there isn't anything in the law about following through with that plan. Yeah, and I mentioned that there's not much in the law about state managed lands either. And I guess to clarify on that, so these are ODNR lands or parklands, things like that. If there's noxious weeds along a state highway, we don't really see that in the revised code either. So interesting. <laughs> so noxious weeds can be a sensitive topic. Um, you're dealing with neighbors, you typically want to have a good relationship with that person, um, and you don't want to get them in trouble, but they can also spread quickly onto your property. And if you've been doing a good job managing weeds, you don't want to have that happen. So talking to your neighbor before taking legal action is always a nice way to start the conversation. Um, that's the best outcomes that we've seen in these situations when the community works together to eliminate the problem. Um, Most farmers want to do a good job. They don't want to have crop loss, yield loss due to noxious weeds in their fields. But, you know, if they're they're not a, a private or commercial applicator, If they aren't attending extension programs, they may not know about these weeds as soon as some of you do who, you know, listen to the podcast or get your information other ways through extension. Um, So they really may not be aware that the weeds out there are more of a concern um, than typical weeds they've dealt with in the past. 
Yeah. And some of these weeds, you know, if you're not familiar with how to identify them, they look similar to some of the other, like Palmer, for example, can look pretty similar to less concerning weeds, like regular red root pigweed. So having someone from extension or someone else you trust coming out and helping identify is also good so that you know exactly what you're dealing with to address it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, To kind of wrap up here, this is a big topic and there's lots of information that has been put out through the OSU Extension Farm Office Program. We'll put a link to a uh, bulletin that explains in more detail what we talked about today. And recently, Peggy Hall and Mark Lautz um, hosted a webinar looking at the legal approaches to dealing with noxious weeds on farmland. And that was a fantastic webinar. And we'll also share the link for the recording to that, where you can learn more from both Peggy and Mark on how to handle situations like this. This is a really important topic. It's gaining more notoriety, I guess, unfortunately, because we don't want to have to deal with this. But um, there, it may be a case where your township trustees may not even be aware of this law. So if that's the case, um, sharing information with them, or if you do make a complaint um, involving your county extension educator to provide them with some of these resources that we listed, or you know, sharing those resources yourself so they know how to handle this can go a really long way in achieving um, the goal of controlling the weeds. So make sure you're scouting your fields this summer looking for weed escapes and always remember you can reach out to the OSU weeds team and their resources to find ways to manage those weeds. Thank you for listening. Hey podcast listeners, just a reminder to give us a like or subscribe so you know when we release new episodes. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to leave us a review also. We appreciate the comments. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode.